morning. Welcome back to another podcast episode of The Little Black Sofa. This is an add-on to a recording that I started at four in the morning because I could not sleep. I wanted to touch a few bases and I want to start with, I was raised in a very strict household. My grandmother is a minister and my mother was not to be played with. She was a tyrant. Um, You better do the shit. You better have it done. You know what she expects of you and don't play stupid with her. Um, I've come home to my bedroom being completely emptied out of all toys and luxuries outside of a bed and a pillow because I did not follow the rules or do my house chores, whatever. My mother is pissed and she doesn't play. Um, My mother sheltered me a lot. She didn't allow me to really go places and hang out with school age kids, especially females. She had a very strong dislike for them. Um, With my grandmother being a minister, I can definitely say that what this podcast is about is infidelity. And I knew better. Even though I was 18, I was raised to know better, but I still chose to go against how I was raised. And I'm not making excuses for the choices I made when I was 18, but I'm simply going to say that sometimes just because you're taught better doesn't mean you will always do better. My life had become pretty fucking toxic during that time. My mother had been diagnosed with lupus. Um, They basically had given her that invisible stamp on the bottom of her foot saying that she was going to die in six months. And... This was when I was 13, and she didn't die in six months. Instead, she spent the next five years telling me every day that she was going to die when I was 18, that she wouldn't be there, um, that I was going to have to raise my little brother, that I was going to be all alone. So from 13 to 18, my mind was conditioned that I would not have a parent once I reached a certain age. Um, through her trying to condition me to be ready to raise my brother alone and stand out here in this world without a mom. My mother went into a depression because it was disheartening. It was very sad for her to have to raise her children knowing that she wouldn't be there for us to, you know, when we, if we went to college, she wouldn't be there when we graduated. When we got married, she wouldn't be there. There were so many things that we had yet to experience in life and she would not be there. So my mother started drinking very heavily. At the age of 13, I watched my mother turn into an alcoholic right before my fucking eyes. Like literally, she sat there on the sofa and she started with Michelob um, Select and she would drink a six pack of Michelob. And next thing you know, she would drink a 12 pack of Michelob. And then next thing you know, she would drink two 12-packs of Michelob. And then she started to throw up after all this drinking. Then she added some Cavassier. Then she was introduced to the bar. And once she was introduced to the bar, the freedom that she had never experienced of being able to party and club and come as as she wished, having a child at 
17, she had never experienced, so she was seduced by the nightlife, and my mother became unavailable to me and my brother in the sense that our bills were paid. We always had food, but she wasn't coming home. She was going to party. So while she was changing, I began to change and I began to do things that I knew was not right. And some of the things I did that I knew was not right was sleeping with a married man. I went from a little girl or a young teenager that couldn't even ride her bike off the block that my mom, she didn't allow me to go to school football games. Every blue moon, she would let me go to the little funky ass dances the school had, but my interaction with children was very limited. Um, my mother pretty much kept me locked up in the house and she fed me art supplies which I am truly thankful for now at this time because art is my outlet. It is my passion. Um, during Corona, I was blessed to sell my first paintings, and I think I sold a total of five paintings during the fucking lockdown. And I never called myself an artist before this. I mean, I had sold other things, but I had never sold a painting. And once I sold those five paintings... I began to call myself an artist because, hey, I actually, you know, taken commission for an actual painting. But I became very thankful that my mother had fed my art because everybody needs some way to express their self. And me, I'm a very sensitive, emotional, excuse me, person. Um, people think I'm mean, but I'm far from mean. I'm misunderstood majority of the time, but I have been my whole life, so it's something that I've come to be okay with. Um, when she started drinking and not coming home and missing for days, the freedom of being able to leave the street and roam the neighborhood and, you know, just do all these things I could never do before was intoxicating to me. At the same time, my life at home was so tragic. Um, my stepfather was an alcoholic as well. My mother was an alcoholic. My stepfather would wake up with the shakes, grab a bottle of purple wild Irish rose, and drink the bitch, the whole entire bottle, before he would come up for air. My mother would wake up in the morning, and she always, nine times out of ten, had a leftover absolute and cranberry juice because my mother carried her own special fucking cups to the bar. No, you're not going to give her those dirty ass cups you got behind the bar. She's going to come in with her own cup and she's going to take this bitch when she leaves. And if you don't want her acting up, just let her take the cup. So she would wake up and, you know, she would sit back on her cranberry and absolute. And this is how my parents started their day. Um, on top of both of them being full-blown fucking alcoholics, they were pack rats, and I wasn't used to this. I had lived in a home that was always clean, well-organized, well-put-together. Um, 
My mom didn't really care about dressness and name brands, but we always had a very nice home. This is the first time that I live in the hood and my house look like I live in the hood and the inside. So this is all new for me. Um, so when I say they're pack rats, they're going to the bars, the after hours, and they're buying shit from geeks and they're bringing it home. Shit they don't even need, just buying it. And our house is packed up full of shit. We've got roaches. Um, my mom, she would piss and shit on herself on the fucking regular. She would take off her pissy clothes at the bottom of the steps and just go upstairs and go to bed, you know, so... My house was a fucking mess. My mother was verbally abusive. She was physically abusive during this time. Um, A lot of it stemming from her being drunk all the fucking time. So I was constantly looking for an escape from this life. Somebody that could save me and get me out this house or we can save each other and move someplace. So when I met him, because he had a job, I thought that he was a candidate that could save me. I didn't care about his wife. I didn't care about his children. And I cannot stress this enough. Sometimes the Lord will let you go through life and you and did some shit. And You might think you're getting away with it. And then when you least expect it, you got to pay that motherfucking toll. And once I changed and got my life together and took custody of my brother and started raising him and got out the streets and shit, it never crossed my mind again what I had done to this woman in her marriage. It never occurred to me that this was still something I had to pay for. Now at 40, I can definitely say I've paid that toll. I lost my marriage because my husband lacked maturity. My husband's definition of loyalty is he can go out and sleep and fuck anybody he wants to. He's even told me before that If I was a good wife, that I would lay there and let him fuck a bitch right next to me in the bed and do it with a smile and say nothing. So basically, he wanted somebody that he could just do whatever he wanted to. He didn't want to have an open marriage where I see who I see and you see who you see. No, he wanted me to be a good wife that had a curfew and he go out and do what the fuck he want to. I endured so many women. Like, one time I asked him how many times or how many women he had cheated on me with, and he said seven. And even though he had said seven, I knew that I had had probably nine, ten different altercations with nine, ten different bitches. So the number that he rattled off was bullshit. But either way it goes, we did end up apart. Um, still going through a divorce because some young girl um, was able to give him what I couldn't give him. Some young girl is willing to, you know, partake of this behavior and allow him to do whatever he wants to with whoever. So I paid my toll and 
you know, sometimes people, they be like, I don't know how you can love that person after all the shit they've done. Well, people, you know how they talk about Stockholm Syndrome, how the person is kidnapped, and after being with their kidnapper for so long, they start to develop love for them? Well, let's flip that around. What if you're with somebody that you already love and they start to abuse you? Can you still not have Stockholm Syndrome? So despite all the shit he did and took me through, I still have a lot of love for him because I was a runaway bride three times before I finally married this motherfucker. And out of all the guys I was engaged to, I chose the guy that had the least to offer me, the least foundation, the least financial support. And... That shit snowballed and blew up in my fucking face and I got scrambled eggs all over my motherfucking face, y'all. Like, all over my fucking face. He will still tell me he loves me to this fucking day. But he cannot acknowledge how his behavior, his cheating, his constant betrayal hurt me and thinks that I harvard on it for too long, not understanding it never stopped. It it never stopped. So you can't harbor on or harbor or you whatever the word is. I can't even think it say the word right now. But you can't be stuck on something that is still ongoing. Because if it's still ongoing, you're not stuck on something. Oh, you're dealing with current. And so I always currently had to deal with him and other women. Him and other women. I never had a moment of peace in my fucking marriage. Never had my husband to myself. Never was respected. Never was cherished. Everything that I was supposed to receive as a wife was given to other people. The only thing I got was a piece of paper. So when I say I paid my toll, I paid my toll. Welcome back to another podcast episode of The Little Black Sofa. The time of this podcast is 4.11 a.m. I have been up since about 3.20. I cannot sleep. After sitting in the shower for about 35 minutes running up my fucking water bill, Some things started to run through my mind. The water, the shower has always been like a safe place for me. It's a place that I can go and clear my thoughts. Um, A place where I can feel a connection through my mother. We always shower together until I reach a certain age. Um. Me and my husband used to shower together every single day, never missing a shower. So I guess when I long for him, I find my way to the shower as well. While sitting there in the dark, talking to the Lord, some things crossed my mind. And I realized that I had made some mistakes in my life. And I owed somebody 
a public apology because I have publicly shamed them and publicly ripped their life apart. As we grow, we learn and we make, we learn from our mistakes and the goal is to try to be a better person than you was and not to continue to make the same mistakes. At least some people strive for this. Others, they're just cool with being fucking mediocre. They're cool with being fuck ups. Me, I always want to be better. After I broke up, or I'm sorry, after TB sent his baby mama to break up with me the first time, finding out I was 17, my cousin introduced me to another man who didn't really live around our neighborhood, but had grown up in the neighborhood I was living in currently, so he was a native, and... He seemed to be a cool guy. He had a job. Um, I don't know if I was told he had a wife up front or he hid he had a wife up front. I'm not really sure. I'll be honest, 100% honest, and I'll say that Once I did find out he had a wife, I didn't give a fuck. I was very disrespectful of their marriage. Um, I would use my cousin to call their house and ask to speak to him so I could talk to him and ask him when he was coming out or coming over. Um... After a few months of us dating... He eventually left his wife for me, and I thought I was the shit. I got this whole married older man leaving his wife for me, leaving his son for me. The thoughts we have when we're young and dumb. Um, I want to say he was about 28, 29 when I was 18, so definitely an older man. Initially, when he left his wife, um, we ended up staying in my mom's house. Um, Me and my mom got into it one morning about a tube of toothpaste, and she put me out. So when she put me out, even though he had a job, between child support for his 15, 16-year-old son that he had made when he was 14. Um, Yeah, these numbers aren't adding up, so I'm not sure how old he really was. But he was older than me, and he definitely had a son who was 15, 16, somewhere in there that he had... His mother had a card party one night, and after the card party... She went upstairs and went to bed, and one of her friends felt like it was a good opportunity to proposition the son, and he had been drinking at a young age and ended up having intercourse with this woman and ended up with a child. So he had child support for that child, a wife, and 
the son that he had left the wife, so two kids. Um, so I don't, I'm not quite sure why he couldn't afford to get us a hotel room or whatever the fuck on the regular, but we pretty much ended up sleeping in his van. And we would park the van all over the city, finding different places to park that we felt was safe for the evening to sleep. Like, I had to beg people to come to their houses and take showers and shit. Either way it goes, eventually I said, fuck this shit, and I went and got me a job stripping. So, now I'm stripping, and I'm basically living in a hotel room across from the strip club, he is coming and going as he pleases, and I'm too young to really understand that he's playing the fuck out of me by this time. Um, I got a roommate, a fellow stripper, and we had an apartment together, so he would come and he would stay there with us as well. Um, the roommate his mother and boyfriend and dog and mother's dog was always constantly piling up into our little one bedroom apartment so one day I just basically called my mom and asked her could I fucking finally come home and she said okay so I returned back home and of course you know me and him are still together he's still always around still staying the night we end up getting an apartment or taking over somebody's lease um, down the street from my mom's house off of Cleveland and Chitton in the CPO. So, you know, things are, I guess, looking up in my eyes because we got a place. We're building a life together. Um, well, you know, ratchet bitches is ratchet bitches. So the girl that, whose name the CPO was in, she actually was not paying the rent even though we were paying this bitch like 250 a month I'm sure her CPO wasn't 250 a month but she couldn't even take and pay the little fucking CPO rent out of the 250 so we literally come home one day to them boarding up the motherfucking sh- unit with all my shit in so I'm like hey you know I tell them what's going on they're like well go on in there and get your shit cause she definitely played you I moved back to my mom's house and lo and behold his cousin who is my ex-boyfriend yeah remember I'm a serial dater and it didn't just start so his cousin is my ex-boyfriend or some nigga I used to fuck I don't care how you want to put it but he's some dude that he is a local I don't even know what a proper word would be to call him he's a local round the way boys one of them boys that's got a lot of cash likes to go to the club every weekend and pop bottles and all the bitches in the hood is dropping panties for him one of those and me and him had you know started dating and messing around and he had several women a baby mama and a whole bunch of shit so eventually I just left that situation alone 
So when I started dating the new guy, I didn't know they were cousins that came in to play later. Um, so now we are moving into his apartment on 18th and taking over his lease and he has everything in his apartment still but the bulk of his clothes every I mean he hasn't moved no furniture out his movies his tvs like everything is still in place so basically I am living in my ex-boyfriend's house with my new current boyfriend who is his cousin is everybody you still on the same page okay so um one night his wife shows up at the door the boyfriend and she's like telling him that he's got all these warrants and if he doesn't come home she's going to turn his ass in so he's telling me that he's got to go home and he's got to play nice with her so she doesn't turn his ass in me young dumb compromising and full of stupid ass understanding I'm like okay sure so now we are at a point where I technically live in this apartment by myself he comes to visit every day does not stay the night because remember he has to go home to his wife now um the cousin whose apartment it really is decides that he's going to move his shit to his new place so he shows up with a U-Haul one day with his crackhead moving team and he instructs the crackheads to move all the shit out of the house into the U-Haul as they're moving the shit they start to gather up my shit and I'm telling them like no 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 you can leave that that's mine and he literally looks at me in my face and tells me no 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 they're putting that shit on the U-Haul put her shit on the U-Haul too and he tells me I'm fucked up. You think that you're going to live up in my fucking house with my cousin and play motherfucking wife to him? Nah, you about to come live with me and be my motherfucking wife if you're going to be anybody's wife. Because you was my chick first. What the fuck you thought? So now, I'm in between a rock and a hard place because, yeah, I do still kind of like this dude. But the cousin that I'm currently dating is not one to be played with he is not one to try in this manner or any manner we both will wind up stinking chopped up in fucking pieces he wouldn't give a fuck so i'm begging and pleading with him hey you've got to take my shit off this u-haul i'm not doing this you know your cousin to kill both of us and he's literally telling me like hey he doesn't know where i'm living at We'll be fine. We'll be safe. Just come on. You got to trust me. And I'm like, nah, we ain't doing this. Well, basically, he instructs the crackheads to throw all my shit in the middle of the yard because they're not carrying it back in the house since this is the life I want. Um, now, I started to grow tired of this game of living here by myself. All the furniture is gone. All I have left is a TV um some blankets a milk crate and I'm like you know this life is not fun anymore so I'm trying to talk to the boyfriend and I'm telling him like listen I just want to go home to my mom you stay with your wife and he had taken me to get a pizza and while we're having this conversation you know I'm telling him like look this is it I'm you know I'm done with this situation 
and he's telling me like no you're not going nowhere I love you and I get out the car as you know we're at the house I get out the car and I started walking up the stairs I start walking down the street because my mom lives around the corner up the street off the Ave and when he realizes that I'm walking he starts screaming at me hey come here where the fuck are you going and I like kind of scream over my shoulder I'm going home I told you I'm done with this shit and he's like don't make me fucking chase you so I start running and as I start to run I hear gunshots go off in the air this nigga's firing a desert eagle in the air he fires two times and he says the next time I'll hit your ass be still now come here so I be still I turn around and I come here we go back in the house and he goes on spending the rest of the evening choking me out, threatening me, telling me he'll tie me up in the basement because I'm not leaving him. Um, I'm going to see this relationship through and now I'm completely scared as fuck because this ain't what I signed up for, you know. I have a goddaughter that lives around the corner with her mother next door to my mom um me and her mother are very close at this time so her mother had came to visit me or I went to visit her like I was allowed out the house but I had to come home and if he felt like I wasn't coming home I was going to have some problems so um I don't know if I went to visit her or she came to visit me but I told her like you know He's threatening to lock me up and chain me up in the basement if I try to leave him. So I give her my door key and I tell her, like, you know, if you don't hear me from me in a few days or you worried about me, just come around here and check on me and make sure that he ain't got me in here dead or, you know, locked up. So, um, I convince him to... No, I didn't convince him. No. So, one night we went to drink at my mom's house. And we're all over there drinking. My godchild's mom, my mom, the next door neighbor, my godchild's mom's mother. So, it's quite a few people here. Um, her cousin, her brother. Now... My god child's mom had been telling me things like she would see him at the store and he would give her money because she wanted some money. She and I'm like, you know, if you need some money for my god child, you ask me and I'll get it from him. But it's inappropriate for you to be asking my dude for money. I don't know what the fuck y'all think this is, but that's not what y'all gonna be doing. So now we're at the night where everybody's here drinking and as we're drinking I just happened to look out the window. They're outside on the porch, and she's standing in between um, his legs. And I go outside, and I'm like, I, I see this is opportunity to make my escape because my mom's in the house, and you're doing something fucked up. So if I, you know, let you know right now that I'm going to leave you, you can't really threaten me in front of my mom and if you do threaten me in front of my mom she'll fucking kill you so it is what it is let's do this 
So I'm telling him, like, yeah, dude, that's all I needed to see. I guess you and this bitch is fucking. That's all right. I'm going home to my mom's house. I'm definitely not coming back to 18th. Never, ever. And I walk off the porch and go, I think I go back in the house. Yeah, I go back in the house. Um, When we turn around, there's a whole bunch of commotion on the porch. And he has my child's mother now hanging off the porch by her fucking neck, choking the shit out of her. Her brother and her cousin are just sitting there watching. Now, mind you, this dude is like five six. The cousin is six two. The brother is about five ten. So I don't see what the fucking problem is. I don't see why everybody just sitting around watching this shit. Um, my mom ends up coming outside and she breaks the shit up. Now, after she breaks it up. We go back to my mom's house next door because it's a fucking mess now. He politely walks in my mother's house, sits down, gets up, disappears, and then walks out the back door. And something tells me, go see what he's doing. When I come out the back door, this motherfucker is banging on my child's mother's door. And he has a sawed-off shotgun in his motherfucking hand. I run up to the porch, and I'm telling him, like, what the fuck is you doing? Why you got this shotgun over here? What the fuck is your plan? He's like, I'm about to kill this bitch and everybody in here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you've lost your motherfucking mind. So as we're having this argument on the back porch, her dumbass opens the motherfucking door. As she opens the door, the nigga immediately pulls the trigger. As I see him pulling the trigger, I hit the gun. And as I hit the gun, it goes off and hits the top of the house versus hitting this bitch in the chest or the fucking face. So now my mom's out coming out the back door like, what the fuck? And she's like, are you really over here trying to kill my fucking neighbors? You've lost your mind. So, you know, she like basically takes his gun and he leaves. And we're not sure where he went, but he ends up calling from the triad where my stepdad worked at. And... Uh, my mom's drunk ass is telling him, like, I need some more fucking beer. Y'all done blew my high and blew my buzz. You better bring me some more motherfucking beer. So my stepdad rounds up a six-pack out of the bar and gives it to him. Well, this dumb motherfucker goes outside. And he steals somebody's pickup truck. And he takes the pickup truck and brings it right back around the corner to where we live at. Walks in the house, hands my mother the beer politely, walks back out the motherfucking door, gets back in his stolen pickup truck, and proceeds to ram my god baby's mama's mother's boyfriend's truck, repeatedly rolling it down the street, or I'm sorry, down the alley like a fucking tin can, ramming it over and over and over again until it reaches 15th. Once he has it in the middle of the 15th, he politely goes and parks his stolen vehicle and comes back and sits down on the motherfucking sofa like he ain't did shit. Now, we heard him out there hitting the car. We seen him hitting the car. 
But we don't really know what to do or say at this point. Because remember, in the last hour and a half, he has choked a bitch. He has returned to the scene to try to blow this bitch's brains out and anybody else in the house. Now he's back ramming cars. So, you know, we kind of, you know, we traumatized at this point. Um, We hear the helicopters and shit above my mom's house. And we can see the light going off in the backyard. So we know they definitely here for us. So I go outside thinking that I can, I don't know, do what, I guess, talk the police down or whatever the fuck. And immediately, as soon as I step out the house, SWAT or whoever the fuck snatches my little ass up. And they're like, we have one apprehended. We're proceeding to go in. You know, this is like really playing out. And they proceed to rush up at my mother's house and they're looking for him. Now, my mom, she's a ride or die bitch. So she and hid this nigga up in the house. And they ain't figured out that he got to be down here in this dark ass basement with this big ass dog. So they telling him to come out or we will come down and we will shoot you out. And so basically my mom was begging him like, please, please come out the basement. I don't want them to kill you in my basement. So he comes out the basement and he goes to jail. Now I'm going to stop the story right here because what put all this on my mind is that wife, that woman, I can't remember what he said was the problem in his marriage, why he was unhappy, what she did or didn't do that made him feel complete or, you know, made him happy in his marriage. But none of that matters. What matters is that she was a woman. She had a husband. And I interfered with all of that. The pain that I caused that woman, I now know. The sleepless nights that she went through, I now know. The uncertainty, I now know. The life that you thought you had stolen, I now know. Life has a funny way of coming back around. I thought if I was a good wife that these things I would never experience. And I promise I was really a hell of a wife. I did my best. I was loyal. I worked. I kept a clean house. He always had a hot meal. No, I sucked at doing laundry, but he had clean clothes. I was supportive. I was understanding. I was forgiving. I was everything I thought I needed to be to maintain a happy marriage. And I say that because I'm sure that Morgan that's her name, was everything that she thought she needed to be to maintain a happy marriage. And here comes stupid ass little me interfering in her life, robbing her of her peace, of her happiness, of her dreams.
Morgan, I don't know if you'll ever hear this, but I'm very sorry. <laughs> no woman deserves to give her all to a man and have her life wrecked, stolen, interfered with by another woman who takes that man's word and believes that he's with his wife, but he's not happy. Because when you're not happy, you leave. You don't stay and take them through the shit, dog them, and cheat. So karma found his way back to me, no matter how good of a wife I was. So I thought tonight, so he's carted off to jail and he's facing some serious ass charges. There was a baby in that house. There were several adults and come to find out. My child's mother, baby mama, God baby's mama, whatever you want to call her. She's not 17 or 18. She's only 15. So you just strangled a minor and tried to kill a minor. So. Now life has to go on. He's gone. He's in jail. I take phone calls, I do visits, but I've never been cut out to really be the type of woman to not have access to the man that I'm in any type of relationship with. Now, me and John... Now, me and him, we had a very strange relationship. He allowed me to do as I pleased at all times. So, if we pulled up at a stoplight and I seen some dude that I wanted to talk to, I could jump out the car and go talk to him. I could jump out the car, jump in the car with him and take off. He didn't have a problem with it. Hell, one time, we even called my first love over after me telling him how horrible the fucking sex was he said I need to see this I don't believe this and I kept telling him like no it's like really fucking bad sex so we call him over <clears throat> he doesn't know this but he knows he knows now but at the time that this was happening he didn't know it was happening we dig a hoe in our closet door and he climbs up in the closet and me and my ex proceed to have sex with him watching. Soon as we're done having sex, I tell him, like, listen, my boyfriend's in the closet. You probably should get out of here. And he's like, what? I was like, yeah, he wanted to see. So as he's trying to get down the steps, my ex, my boyfriend comes out the fucking closet goes out of runs through our bedroom to the back bedroom out the fucking window and down the motherfucking um chimney balcony thing 
Because he's trying to beat him to his car so he can beat his ass. But lucky for that motherfucker, he made it to the car before he got there. But the ex-boyfriend was doing stupid shit. Like, every morning at 9 o'clock in the morning, he would show up and sit at Eagles across the street from our house, directly in front of our fucking house, on the payphone, and page me over and over again every single day. So... Yeah, he kind of was, you know, asking for an ass whooping. Um, one time, I met a pimp. The pimp didn't know I was, knew he was a pimp, but I knew he was a pimp. So, I played really dumb and stupid. And I let the pimp, I guess she would say, What's the word I'm looking for? Train me. He didn't know I had a boyfriend that I returned to every night when he dropped me off. He didn't know I had a boyfriend that if he wanted to beat my ass, was going to beat his ass. He didn't know I was just there to learn because I was curious. So eventually the pimp told me to tell my mom that I was going out of town and I would be gone for a week. So I told my boyfriend that he's going to take me home to his stable finally. And he's like, okay, you stay safe. You call me every day. Leave me a voicemail. Let me know what's going on or I'm going to come fuck some shit up. So the first two, three days was cool. He pretty much just kept me in the house. Um, Couldn't go anywhere. Didn't do anything. His girls were not street walkers. They were strippers. But after the club, they were streetwalkers, not so, not like on the corner, so to speak, but, you know, I guess turning tricks in hotels. So the fourth day comes and he's like, okay, um, your name's just going to be Pebbles. We're going to get your clothes and your hair and stuff done today because you're going to hit the club. I'm like, oh, okay. So every girl in his stable, mind you, has two townhouses, one they're directly across the street from each other. One townhouse has three girls and one townhouse has four girls. I make the fourth girl in the second townhouse. So every girl in his stable has a position. One does hair, one does nails, one does makeup, one teaches you how to dance. But everybody has a role to play when it comes time to getting you ready. So I go through and every girl does their job. And boom, we get dropped off at, I think it was Hot Peppers on Bethel Road. So, um, you know, we're there and they're trying to teach me how to dance on the stage and how to do pole tricks and shit. And they're telling me that I am not allowed to talk to any black man that come into the club. Hell, when we went to restaurants and we went to the drive-thru, if it was a male um, cashier, we were not allowed to look up and make eye contact. We had to always keep our heads lowered, but mind you, he kept everybody dressed to kill always. So of course everybody's looking at you, but you're not allowed to look at nobody. So back to the club. So, um, I decided I'm going to sneak off to the payphone and call my boyfriend cause I've had about enough of this experience. You know, what more do I need to see? The girls find me at the payphone, gang up on me, snatch the phone, hang it up, 
and inform me that I'm going to get them in trouble. I'm going to get them beat. What the fuck am I doing? You're not allowed on the phone. You can't just be making phone calls. Did you ask to make that phone call? I'm like, excuse me, bitch. I'm grown. I make phone calls whenever I want to. I was calling my mama. I haven't talked to her. I forgot to tell her I was going out of town. They're like, you didn't tell her. I thought you were supposed to tell her. So now they're worried. So they tell. I guess one of them call him and tell him, like, hey, you know she didn't tell her mom or whatever. So he comes and picks us up from the club early. Now, when he picks us up from the club, I recognize that he is basically in the process of training a new bitch. This bitch is currently driving his truck. The same shit I just experienced a few weeks ago when he was training me. Told me that he had an entertainment group and our entertainment company and these was his workers and he drove them all over the U.S. so they could, you know, dance in different clubs and shit. He had to go pick his workers up. So I knew exactly what was happening the moment I got in the car and seen her. So as soon as we get in the car, he's like, well, how much money did everybody make? And all the bitches start handing their money to the front. Me, I'm just sitting there quietly like, I didn't make that much money. And he's like, okay, well, let me see it. Let you see it. See it for what? This is my money. I, how much do I owe you? And he's like, owe me? You owe me everything. You owe me for hair. You owe me for nails. You owe me for this. I'm like, okay, but I didn't know I had to pay you, you know, all at once. I thought I could pay in increments and shit. And he's like, no, nah, I need all my fucking cash back up front. I'm like, oh, yeah, I give you all your cash, but I want to go home. Mind you, he's not driving. And he can't say, bitch, you can't go home and all this other shit. Because if you turn up on me, you're going to show this new bitch your hand. And you're going to lose two bitches in one move. So he tells her, get on the freeway so we can take this bitch home. Me, I'm just sitting back there quietly because I know you got to take me home now. You're going to lose two bitches. So we pull up at my house. And he says, I need my clothes back. I said, not a problem. He said, let me hold your ID while you go in the house and take my clothes off. Not a problem. I go in the house, got to take his clothes off, come back. This bitch is gone. A few months later, when dancing at the club by myself without a pimp instructing me, lo and behold, his bitches are in the club. The moment they see me, they pack up go into the um, break room, get dressed, and call him. As they walk out the club, one of them walks by and tells me, Mr. Magic told me to tell you hi and take care. I said, tell that motherfucker I said hi too. They left the club and he never returns any of those bitches to that club again because, you know, one rogue bitch in the club can make all your bitches go rogue. See, I learned a lot from that pimp real fast. Anywho, these are some of the things that he actually allowed me to do while we was together, despite him locking me up and not wanting me to leave him when I said I had had a fuck enough. So he ends up in jail for, I think it was a little over 180 days. Um, due to the way they entered my mother's house, we were able to get the charges dropped and he was released. Well, by the time he was released, life had went on for me. And I was in love with somebody else. My mom had had a stroke and 
I was left to care for my brother. I was out the strip game. I was out I was out the streets, you know, I was trying to build a positive life for myself. And we were currently staying in my mom's um half a double and my mother was in a nursing home. So we were, you know, paying all the bills and one day I just happened to hear somebody's voice call my name outside my bedroom window and I look outside and lo and behold, it's him. And when I see him in that moment, a part of me wanted to go out there and pick right back up where we had left off. But the other part of me just had outgrown all of that. Um, I knew that what I had done to his marriage was wrong. I knew that his whole lifestyle wasn't for me once I found out who he really was. And the new dude, he had a job, had been to college, and I wanted a a different life. I wanted a regular life, shit. Me and the dude that I was with ended up together for seven and a half years. Um, When we finally separated, I had moved back to the north side finally, and I heard rumors that he had just got out of jail again. Yet, yes, he he's he's a jailbird. Um, so I started like you know taking the senior group home past his mom's house and shit. And lo and behold, one day I found him out doing what he always out doing out on the prowl. And I pulled over and spoke to him. And excuse me, <clears throat> you know we exchanged a few words, exchanged. F- excuse me, phone numbers, and one day he came to see me, and he told me, he said, I got you a big old bong, I'm gonna bring you your bong, I said, oh, okay, well, I never got the bong, this dumb motherfucker went out and flipped a motherfucking Brinks truck, and he is now in the penitentiary for probably the rest of his fucking life. I don't know that him and his wife ever was able to try to recover from the damage that I caused their marriage, and I'm so sorry for that. I wish that I had never dealt with him in any shape or form. I wish that I had never put that karma on top of myself because the pain I caused, I now know.